It's the pre-show. The live pre-show where we do oh. it live. Doing it live. Shit, do I even have my Fuck notes? it. We're doing it live. Happy Sunday. Happy, happy Juneteenth. Happy um, Father's Day. Father's Day is so stupid. Happy birthday, Dad. Yeah, happy birthday, Daddy. It's only one daddy I want to know, and that's well, Captain today. Pike, the hair daddy, the yeah, Trek today, hair daddy. Today is legitimately my dad's birthday, so we had a big thing today. It is. It's his birthday and Father's Day will every few years fall on the same day. <laughs> that sucks for him because he only gets one gift. No, he gets two gifts. Here's your daddy gift, and here's your birthday gift. That's exactly how it is. Dumb. What'd you get him? I Love we don't. Taylor. He doesn't. He usually just asks us for money. <sighs> Boring. He asking us for money. What? Uh, for Father's Day. And go ahead, tell him. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Happy today, Father's Day to you too, Andy. Thanks for coming by. We not in addition it. to being Father's Day. Today is also my father's birthday. So. And I was like, one gift. It's a freebie. Fuck so, that old man. You get so one we get gift. him. So we we give him a Father's money. Day and a birthday gift. But it's all money. It's all money. But dude, it's all, dude. All right, here's twenty dollars. Here's your Father's <laughs> Day gift. Here's twenty more. Now now I'm done with you. No. Now get away from me. <laughs> no. What? Doing David's characteristic thick Brooklyn accent there. Get away from me, Pa. Oh my god, it's like there's two Davids. What the hell? Uh, oh my gosh, I'm not David today. Uh, I'm show, we, there will be no Sunday show next week. I have stuff mm -hmm. to do. Damn. Oh, and we get a heart react as soon as <laughs> <laughs> But react. now man, that oh, does suck god. because that'll be the uh the finale of Kenobi that we're not gonna be talking about then. Aww. Uh, Andy's mom's uh, his birthday's on Mom's Day. That's cool. Uh, we'll talk about Tim Sale. We'll talk about oh. Planet of the Apes. Tim Drake, Donnie Cates, and Ryan Stegman's new project, which looks cool. And Lungflower. That's right. No one has any idea what that is, but you're gonna find out. And then Kenobi and Miss Marvel, both pretty okay. Food news, and then pretty good, pretty solid week of comics. Oh, I had a lot of really good ones that I like. Yeah. Anything else we should add to the agenda, gentlemen? Uh, hey, Percival, thank you for stopping by. Your name is long and cool. David, were you going to add something? I was. Uh, also, the creator of Duckman passed away this week. I don't know. I, I know Duckman. Duckman was the animated series from back in the 90s. It was cool. It was cool. Had Jason Alexander. was kind of like a really risque, early kind of adult cartoon. It took, uh, played on yeah. the USA Network. Yeah, uh, I remember Duckman. But that 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 DNA went into a lot of other series. Uh, For sure. I know like the Wild Thornberries and a few other projects yes. Yes. had that. Oh, Ghostbusters that. Extreme. That was rad, too. That was also something he did, too. Cool. Well, that sucks. Rest yeah, it does suck. We got a lot of sad news like that. But all right, let's let's do it. Let's get into the damn thing. I hate all the sad news, but mm -hmm. we try to celebrate, you know. Uh, yes, I hate this. It is revolting. More, please. That's our audience. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's all of our audience. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Are you guys going to be back next week? No. <laughs> okay, actually, You're we're not. This week, no, we're not. Yeah. yeah. Well, they wanted more, apparently. You got to leave them wanting. You got that one down. Everybody wanted more. Because we do such a terrible job. Greetings, geeks. Welcome back. Another episode of This Geek in Comics, our geekeries comic book shit talk show shit talk show soft shoe it's gomer aka tappity tappity how's it going gentlemen you're bringing the energy there gomer yeah i've had a really strange weekend and it's long this week which is awesome getting a monday off um happy juneteenth to everyone yeah true story true story um yeah juneteenth is a great holiday it's awesome you're supposed to do something like to celebrate like do some positive things in in your neighborhood i'm not doing anything 
Um, you don't have much of a neighborhood. Though. I don't have much of a neighborhood. You have a cul-de-sac. Exactly. You're also a bad person. I am. I'm also just a terrible, terrible person. I am going to definitely take the day off, though. Uh, what have I been doing this week? A Star Trek Discovery. I am all caught up. I'm watching season four now, so that's not actually all the way caught up. But what does my shirt say? Well, I'm the only one showing off a shirt, so I guess it is me. Uh, my shirt says Unicron. It's like Unicron. a postcard. Like, yeah, go must see Unicron. Unicron. Go see, visit scenic Unicron. Uh, visit you know, Unicron. I that Unicron is like a planet as well as, you know, a Galactus ripoff. A Galactus ripoff. I mean, he, he is kind of. I mean, just he undeniably is, but just they eat but planets. but Uh-oh, he got voiced go. by Orson Welles. Oh no, I was going to say something deeper than that. Uh, Galactus, right, is in the six one six universe, and according to what we know of Galactus, he was in the Ultimate Universe as Galactus, if you'll remember. So there is a Galactus in every universe. Unicron, there's only one Unicron across the entire multiverse. At least in one. Have they? You know, what if Unicron universe? is just the Galactus of the Transformers universe? Ooh. Blue have they? Have they? Have they? Have they established a multiverse Transformers? Yes, they have. In several iterations, they have of the comics. Anyways, yes, they have. Uh, but yeah, I've been watching Disco. Speaking of alternate universes, they spend half their half the damn show in one, and it's a great fucking show, dude. In I, the Kelvin years? No, in like the Mirror Universe. Really? Yeah. I don't it's think rad, any of the dude. new Star Trek properties have acknowledged the Kelvin timeline at all, as far as I'm aware. They touch on Spock doing his thing with the Romulans, but no, they don't ever really get into detail. They just mention that he died, but. I think that's sort of alluding to the fact that they think he died and did not create in his own universe, you know, in J.J. Abrams. A pocket universe. Shouldn't be, even be allowed to talk about that. What'd y'all do this week? Anything cool? I just got back from vacation, so. Ooh. Just doing vacation stuff. Tan all over. I got a pretty bad farmer's tan, in fact, yeah. <laughs> that sucks. It's fine. It's not like I'm going to be around people who I'm going to have my shirt off for, you know, yeah. at the office. Right. <laughs> and if you're taking your shirt off at the office, that's a pretty fun office. Yeah. <laughs> I do not have that fun of an office. European <laughs> offices are nude all the time. Dave? I got the Horus Heresy Age of Darkness box set. It's it's, it's Warhammer 30K. Is what War, it's Horus Heresy. This is like the reason why we have Warhammer 40K. Is it? Yeah, yes. Dumbass. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how any of that shit. Works. This is this is this is the high water mark of the Imperium of Man, and afterwards, this oh, is oh, it's deep in the lore. It's Killing deep in the lore. You know, you now you have Killing said me. before, Warhammer for a comic should go doesn't need a whole lot of lore, but this is the lore. This is the Horus Heresy. And oh, by, heresy! Is, this is like the second edition or the new edition of the game, but they're putting the whole resin line or a great deal of the Forge okay. world resin lines are being tran translated into plastic. So we're getting like new tanks and new troop types. And well, I am glad that you're so excited for it. But, I am. Um, let's not get too much of a deep dive into it here. It's a lot, dude. Warhammer is so complicated. They got novels and they got, I mean, the games of course, but there's a lot to it, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of an interesting thing about tabletop games in general is like, you know, you could do none of the lore, but if you want to, you could dive into that forever. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many angles to that hobby, dude. I just, who is the time? I just don't know the time. Percival chimed in, loves Warhammer. Awesome. The plastic crack, dude. And that's what is. we're talking about. And that what we all talk about. It is. It is Let's plastic crack. Let's do uh, we start off with a sad one, but really, you know, it's a celebration of life, but we did lose Tim Sale, uh, last week. I think it was on this, uh, Monday show. Yeah. Cause we, we were talking, no, he was in the hospital yeah, on the Monday show. Yeah, he went to the hospital. Um, but he did pass on June 16th. I don't know what, what from actually. They haven't said, I, yeah, I, I don't know I've checked. Didn't say. Uh, he was born in Ithaca, New York in 1956. He attended the School of Visual Arts in New York City 
and started his comics career in 1983 for independent publishers. Then he went to D.C. where his life changed because he teamed up with Jeff Loeb on the revival of Challengers of the Unknown. And then they just had the arguably the best partnership in comics. I mean, it definitely ranks up there. It, it's, it's definitely it's up there for sure. I mean, across bo- across both companies and, you know, tackling a lot yeah. of very iconic characters and his looks for some of those characters are some of my very favorite looks. Like, yeah. I don't think I can, I can't think of another artist that like would be on the Pantheon above him for like Batman or for the Joker, you know? Yeah. Just those looks. I dude in, in Spider-Man blue, I love his look of goblin in that. It's so, yeah, great. it's great. Yeah. It, it, I mean, just the art that he did, look at all the detail on that. I oh, mean, this, yeah. there's nothing going on in this page, but man, he turns nothing. He can into frame. Just he is making a fork. He's making a four course meal out of a fucking front porch here. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just beautiful. And then his work on Daredevil right here, just the motion in his work. I already showed this Captain America one, but man, it's uh, it's just, mm. I mean, it's a genius, artistic genius. I mean, Long Halloween, Four All Seasons, Cap White, Spidey Blue, Hulk Gray, Daredevil Yellow. I mean, these are just some of the best stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, isn't there a whole universe now in the multiverse where it's just those color? And hasn't that all been moved out of regular continuity and into its own thing now? I'm not I sure about not answer that. that question. It'd be great. But, but yeah, yeah, Long Halloween is perhaps one of the best and best looking Batman stories ever told. And that alone, oh. you know, cements his legacy. But he did so much more, you know? Oh, yeah. Batman ha- Long Halloween is like top five Batman stories. Oh, He's, hands down. I mean, I, you yeah. ask like anybody to make a list and it'll be on there somewhere. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, uh, yeah, rest in peace, um, Tim Sale, man. Just awesome, awesome work, you know, just great artist. Um, yeah, moving on. Uh, Marvel got the Planet of the Apes license back. This came along with the Fox acquisition by Disney. Hmm. Um, and this is this. They actually are getting it back starting in 2023. When did they so, have it? I know. I'm getting to it. They had new releases. They're going to do new releases. And they're going to do collections and reprints. So that's really where the money's at. People want them old reprints of the Planet of the Apes comics, that old shit. Um, Marvel first published, did you want to guess, Dave? What year do you think they started publishing Planet of the Apes? Maybe in the 1970s? 74. Yep, they did a black and white magazine in color comic format. And they stopped doing that in 77. Uh, more recently, Boom Studios had the license. Yeah, because they 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 had that. They did like you know Kong and the Planet of the Apes. And they actually published more Planet of the Apes comics than any previous license he had, including Marvel. So, and that makes sense because there, well, there was Marvel big... in the seventies would have only had like about you know they ran for what three years. Three years. Yeah. So that would be like maybe thirty six issues at the most. Yeah. And but they did have like two or three different series. Anyway, uh, Boom really pushed the shit out of Planet of the Apes, uh, and rightfully so because it had like this big resurgence. You mm-hmm. know, while Boom happened to have the license with the new Planet of the Apes movie and the and the yeah, when Caesar. the Andy Circus movie started coming out, yeah, yeah, and see, well, it was Marky Mark first. Remember the Mark Wahlberg? Well, I'm talking about the guy who's like, you know, the reason to watch those movies, but you know, yeah, this is well, Salvador they, La Roca cover, by the way. And that uh, is nice. I don't know. Is I've that never General really Ursus? been a, Oh, it's beautiful. We'll say again, Dave. Is that like the, is that General Ursus? Oh, I don't know. I've never been a fan of Planet of the Apes. I don't think I could tell you much of the Planet of the Apes lore. The last yeah. I can tell you a lot of the Planet of the Apes lore. I liked Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes is so one of those like ubiquitous franchises where like everyone knows it. But I don't know anyone who is like, it's my favorite. You know, It's like time travel was involved in it twice. <laughs> it's it's like Godzilla for me. You know, like people love all those old Godzilla movies. And I get it, but I can't fucking stand them. I can't. I hate those old Godzilla movies. I understand why people like them. Let's drop this topic real quick. But uh, <laughs> I can't stand yeah. those I'm old not movies. saying anything and it's the same about with the Planet Godzilla of the Apes movies. for me. Do what? I'm not saying anything in defense of the Godzilla movies right now. So. See? <laughs> uh, but it's the same with the Planet of the Apes. The last Planet of the Apes I read was Star Trek crossing over with Planet of the Apes, and it was just okay. I mean, this is one of those things where it's like, that's neat, but I'm not yeah. super jazzed about you know getting new Planet of the Apes material. I want 
to inevitably get the Conan, Star Wars, Planet of the Apes. Uh, who's that big monster hunter, a kaiju hunter they got now? Ultraman. And then Aliens. Predator. Well, we're not going to get some of those. Avengers because crossover. I just want to... Cross- there's not going to be any crossover there, I think. They're losing the Conan license. Oh, you're right. The they're losing the coming in. So I... they can do all that other shit, but they can't do it. A... I guess I... the most natural crossover will be with Star Wars. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just want Bosk on a segue. Oh, my God. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Robin is getting... Marvel. Robin is getting relaunched. No, not that one. Nope. Nope. Not that one. Everybody's third favorite Robin, Tim Drake. Um... I don't care who your first two are. Tim Drake's everybody's third favorite. Tim Drake is my favorite Robin. No, I know. And I'm just talking shit because he's awesome. He is great. And he needs some love. He deserves some love. He has been Uh, kind of been pushed to the back burner for quite a few years now. And it is kind of cool to see him getting more, uh, more press these days. Yeah. Remember when Batman died and Tim was the only one who's like, no, he's alive. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, uh, That that was the Red Robin series. And that was really good. I loved that damn story. Uh, but September Tim Drake's story uh, continues in his own series called Tim Drake Robin. September 27th, spinning out of Urban Legends and the Tim Drake Pride special, which dropped this week. It was just all right. Megan Fitzmartin continues the next chapter of Tim's story with Riley Rosmo. Like uh, Riley Rosmo. Um, what's going to happen here? A new villain, of course, threatens Bernard and everyone else Tim cares about as Tim carves out a corner of Gotham City just for himself and sets up shop in his, wait for it, murder shack boat. I guess this is a thing he's got. A murder shack <laughs> Drive 16 miles to the murder shack. <laughs> uh, is a murder yeah, shack like a type one. of boat? I don't know what that means. Yeah, I, I don't. It was introduced in, in his story. Um, okay. We get a bunch of covers. Uh, Jorge Menes, Winnie Boo, Dan Mora, and Jamal Campbell. Uh, this is actually getting a 1 in 100 variant, which is nuts anymore. But... Uh, you, yeah, you'll be lucky to see hey, that. Can you go back to the one with the Teen Titans on it there for a yeah, second? Yeah, this one. Okay, I recognize Connor Kent and Bart Allen. Who's the Wonder Girl there? Uh, I have no idea, man. It's not. Hmm. Uh, it's I'm not, not, I don't read I'm, that. It's not Cassie or... Donna. It could be Donna. But it could I, be Donna. She's it's not part Donna. of that age group, though. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, didn't Slade murder them all? Anyway, moving on. Oh, in a Dark Crisis? He murders them all. Yeah, he's uh, fucking up them Titans right now. I love that shit. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Robin's coming out in September, so we'll have another Bat book, technically. That's what we needed. Not enough of those bat books, you know. They're they're really starved for any <laughs> attention. The Bat Family, <laughs> DC, I mean, like, all Batman, all the time. This is like the third Robin book, too. Technically, if we want to count yeah, Nightwing um, as a fucking Robin book, which I guess I we will. could. I mean, yeah, he is the Robin, the original Robin. So yeah, He's I would count that. And honestly, that one's really good. And um, I am I getting like caught up book. on Damien's Robin book, and that's pretty good. good too. It's good. Oh, you yeah. read that first trade? With the... I read the first trade. It was good. Yeah, it's cool, dude. It's cool. But hey, uh, if this keeps up the tradition, this will be another pretty good Robin book, hopefully. Oh, yeah. I'm not expecting it to be bad. Um, I just, I don't know if I got room on my list for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, moving on. Ryan Stegman and Donnie Cates got their new creator-owned book called Vanish, and it is confirmed that it is going to Image Comics. Um, the all-star team of Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman. Uh, sick and tired of all these young adult stories about magic and wizards and destiny and love and blah, blah, blah. You can tell this is a quote from Donnie Cates, a direct quote. Well, good news, we are too. So we made Vanish to answer the one question we've all been asking. What if magic was metal? That's, that's a quote. That Man. sounds very much lame. like a Donnie Cates book. It sounds so lame. Uh, this is a project that Ryan and I have been secretly building and working on quietly in the background for years, and we cannot wait to unleash it on you. And the fun part for us is, well, pay attention closely. Like the reveal of any great magic trick, you'll never see this one coming. That actually does get me excited. You know, I want to see a good twist. The art in this obviously looks great, Ryan Stegman. Oh, yeah, it's Ryan Stegman. knows how to do comics. All right, look at this big two-page layout. Ooh. Jesus, that's beautiful. So uh, this is coming in September from Image in Print, 
It can be purchased digitally from KLC Press and digital storefronts like uh, Kindle, Apple, and Google. So all this big, is getting all the uh, big monopolies in tech. Oh, so is this getting like a, a, a simultaneous digital and physical release? Yes. And That's I think cool. we talk about Substack a lot. I think that is the best way to do it. Um, make your money, but make you some money too. You know what I mean? Give everybody their options. Like a lot of these Substack motherfuckers are putting their book out on Substack first. And then printing it is like an afterthought. And it's like, all right, that's really not a good idea. I don't, I don't like that. That was the one thing we were worried about with Substack that it's going to take away from the sales of pay, the paper sales. Making the paper sales an afterthought is disrespectful and kind of bad business, in my opinion. But I think this is a good compromise, you know, of getting it out there the way it's supposed to be. And I mean, if you can purchase it directly digitally from KLC Press for eight dollars, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? I'm going to give my money directly to, instead of going to Amazon or Apple or Google, if I'm paying for this digitally and I have the option to go directly to the creators and buy the book, that's definitely what I'm going to do. That is the best way to Everybody should be able to do that, dude. Everybody should be able to do that. And I think that's one of the great things about Substack is it allows them to do that, but it leaves out everybody else. Um, This seems a lot more inclusive, all inclusive. So yeah, uh, I'm kind of excited about this. This cover is is great. I think that's the. I mean, you know, it's going to look good because of Stegman, and this does sound like it's very directly in Donny Cates' wheelhouse. I mean, oh, this dude. is this is like you know, grab some stuff out of Donny Cates' thought process fishbowl, and this is definitely yep. something that you can see coming out of there. You know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, we'll definitely talk about that when it comes out. Last bit of news before we get into the shows this week: uh, a book called Lung Flower, number one. Uh, I actually, I don't, I think it's as a trade actually. So it's called lung flower. Here's the art. I mean, it looks okay. Right. The art looks like it has like that kind of horror aesthetic. Yeah. It's got a horror sort of aesthetic too. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of something from like, uh, like Arkham Asylum or Sandman or something. Yeah. Science fiction writer, Brian Martinez, uh, wrote this book and he also kind of created the art for it. He used an AI image generation system called Mid Journey AI. Oh, so he didn't use Dolly. <laughs> he handed all the illustration duties to an AI generator, which responds to text prompts mm. from the user. A one of a kind horror experience from the mind of Brian Martinez. Ever since Victor's fiance left him, he's lived in a big, empty, decaying house all by himself. Work home, work home, nothing matters. Blah, 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 blah. Who cares? The main reason I brought this up is because it doesn't look like comic artists need jobs now that, anymore. Now that you have said now that you have said that, it does look like the stuff that's been floating around for like the last week or so from that Dolly Mini. Yeah. It does have that kind of aesthetic to it. Now that you've said it, it's been AI generated. It's crazy, dude. It blows my mind. They did this just by saying, okay, here's a few words. And then the the AI was just like, all right, here's a picture. I mean, I don't even know how that would work. I have no idea how any of that works. I have seen Star Trek. I've seen the holodeck. I can only assume it's similar to that. Imagine an AI-generated holodeck of that kind of of stuff. I mean, isn't that what it is, basically? You know? telling it keywords and then it just creates the image what are you saying here busted down house yep i mean what are you even saying king house three stories i guess to get yeah right i don't know but that's interesting and we will talk about that uh i think that's actually man what a strange new world we live in now all right the technology man we have the technology to just put ryan stegman completely out of fucking work Anyway. Well, I'd like to think no, we it, don't. <laughs> I'd like to think that, like you know, especially when it comes to artistry, yeah. that you know, having that vision is something that can't truly be replicated unless, right. like you know, someone else puts it out there first. Right. Like this does look like it basically just did like an image search for um, who's the artist who did Arkham Asylum, who did all the covers for Sandman. It pretty much looks uh, like exactly his stuff. I want to say it was Lieber Mayo, but that was not Lieber. That's Mayho. not him. It's not he him. He did I, a lot of those Arkham covers. I though. know the name if I heard it, but I don't yeah. remember it right now. Well, whatever. David, get yeah. on that. 
I'm on it. He's on it. We are going to talk about Kenobi and Miss Marvel. Fantastic shows. Um, Kenobi Part 5, uh, 13 years you know, before the events of the show. Dave McKean? Dave McKean. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. Kenobi trains Anakin in lightsaber combat on Coruscant, um, where he's criticizing Anakin for being aggressive. And then in the present, tracking Kenobi's location to Jabim, Vader promotes Reva to Grand Inquisitor. And then the shit hits the fucking fan, and Vader is just... The most badass motherfucker we know him to be. Um, ripping starfighters out of the fucking sky. Having a lightsaber duel without even pulling out his fucking lightsaber. Um, I thought for a second there we were going to get a dual-wielding saber Vader. Uh, Man, Vader don't, Vader don't even need to bother with that shit here. He's he didn't fucking, bother with that shit. He yeah. was like flinging him away with the force. But he, he was even like, here, take this back. Let's pretend like you have a chance for a second. You know? <laughs> right, right. I'm not yeah. toying with you. This <laughs> series has been done. a great, has been great for all the fans of Vader who just want to see him just dunk on people because he has been doing that a lot. I mean, what else would we want to see Darth Vader do? Now, I get it. They're showing, like, this duality of him and, and uh, Obi-Wan's relationship throughout the years. You know, the way they've always sort of had this competition between each other, you know, in a way. And how Anakin has basically always resented Obi-Wan, at least to some extent, you know? Um, I thought that was a really good framing device yeah. for this episode where like you can kind of see that Obi-Wan is trying and failing to teach the lessons that Anakin needs to learn. And we know, exactly. of course, that he never did. Yeah. And it also gave a reason for Hayden Christensen to actually be on set because we finally get to see him do like some acting right. out of the suit, you know? Right. Uh, and, and it worked. It worked for me. I really enjoyed the episode. Yeah, it was uh, really good. A lot of people are griping about different things about this show. And again, I'll say the thing I always say. I always love visiting this universe and you're just going to have to get over it. You're always going to be comparing this to the original series or the original trilogy. And you're never going to get there. You're just never. It, it's never going to happen. So I would just say, you know, keep enjoying it. And if you're not just I mean, like, I'll, you don't have to love everything that Star Wars is. I think that's another problem people have. They're so dedicated to this franchise that if they don't love something then they have to hate it and they feel personally attacked. Well, I'll say the thing that I always it. say about Star Wars, we'd all be better off if we took it less seriously. Uh, definitely, dude. Definitely. Uh, that being I said, love... it seems like there is pretty overwhelmingly positive reception for this. Of course, there's yeah. always going it's it's Star Wars, so there's always going to be people yeah. who hate it. But um I really yeah, like this... uh Obi-Wan talking Reva into kind of switching, kind of <sighs> I don't, know, I don't man. think he talked her into switching. No, I think he did. He did. He did talk her into like making her big move early, perhaps, which yes. apparently that was never going to work because Vader did reveal no. that he knew the whole time. But, and of course, we know that it's not going to work because Vader is still around for the movies. But, but here's yeah. the thing, dude. Didn't Obi Wan sort of lead her into that trap? Didn't he sort of say, hey, Reva, why don't you go get the jump on, on Vader? You could make that argument. Yeah, that, like, like, he he, sent, yeah, he, did, he did send, he basically sacrificed her so they could get away. Arguably, at least. That's some sinister shit, dude, for a Jedi. That is, that, I mean, honestly, that's some sinister shit. But hey, it worked. Maybe he it, thought she stood a chance. I don't know. But we all knew that she didn't. He dumb. I mean, in that case, it's him kind of pussing out. Because he should be the one going and fighting Anakin. Well, I think that actually tracks, though, with the, what does. he was saying during the whole training session, right? Like, that's not my job. I am not here to attack and kill people. I am here to help people. You know, I'm here to protect yeah. the innocent. And yeah. in that situation, protecting the innocent means making the getaway, you know? Yeah. So nuts. So nuts. All right. Oh, we got a comment. For that, uh, Tom, I think he did that after she was interested in working together with him. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. She did shut down the idea of an, a more formal partnership. Yeah, uh, and that would have never worked. That would have never worked. You know, I uh, anyway. this seems like something that would have been the last episode, though. I'm curious to see what the last episode is going to be now. Apparently, yeah, that too. like fucking Bale Organa sent the like very sensitive information and then fucking um Kamel Nanjani dropped the fucking yeah. communicator. So a lot of yeah. 
silly coincidences I, to set up I, some sort of drama here, but yeah, whatever. I feel that there's probably going to be a spinoff involving Reba. Well, maybe another season. You know, possibly spin, spin off who for Reva? Yeah, isn't she dead now? No, I don't think she's gonna survive the next episode. Yeah, no. I don't think she's gonna make it, dude. I don't think she's gonna make it. I I'm pretty sure it. she got run through her guts. Well, <laughs> so did the Grand Inquisitor and his ass come back? He come back, but so. they left her there. To they left her there where they found her. They have left the door open. We'll have as to see how this next lightsaber plays are, They don't murder fucking anybody. All right, you don't ever die from getting hit by a lightsaber. I mean, I, I mean, it's a way you out. Gotta there take theory. the head off, otherwise you'll be fine. Apparently, <laughs> uh, it's a way out there theory, but I I figure that uh, she might become uh, it's a an EU character. They might actually translate her into the EU character Lumaya. Disney uh, don't give a shit about yeah. the EU, man. They, they give a in. shit about the EU or Grand Admiral Thrawn would not be mentioned. Grand Admiral Thrawn is a, a character that can make them some fucking money. I don't think any yeah. of the more obscure ones are going to make it. Dude, the EU is like a dead carcass where they are just picking picking it all the good parts off before it rots, honestly. They are. And I get it. It's a good idea, but it was also a great idea to do away with all of that old continuity and start fresh because it's not so fucking confusing and you can actually write something that but as far as Reva is concerned down to something else. like we'll have to see how the final episode plays yeah. out I think she'll do something since they left it there with you know she has that sensitive information and you know you know they wouldn't have made yeah. that the stinger if it wasn't going to amount to anything right but I doubt she'll survive till the end of the next episode yeah I don't think she's going to it I think she did me I think she did me uh, all right, moving on. Miss Marvel, uh, episode two, crushed. Kamala begins training to control her powers with Corelli, uh, with the latter deducing the bangle activated her superpowers. Um, they attend a party organized by Zimmer where they meet uh, the new senior. You know, uh, Kamala befriends him. Uh, they get frustrated because they're spending time together. You know, it's basic teenage, teeny bopper, fucking high school dating drama shit, right? Um, she asked about the bracelet. I mean, anyway, there's a bunch of action. Boy falls from the balcony at the mosque. Uh, you know, everything, blah, blah, blah. Right? All right. The, 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 when you boil this episode down, okay, it was basically superhero setup. Continuing to set up this character, continuing to lean into it. Yeah. Uh, we got the, the training, training montage. montage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But it, it's, it's kept with its same cinematography, the adding in the, the weird animation. Which I, I love, love the, the cinematography like for yeah, this show. Me too, dude. I love that she's singing, um, you know, Be My Baby, you know, through the house doing that whole thing. I love that so much. It was very reminiscent of another coming of age movie, probably the most popular coming of age movie when it's a woman coming of age, uh, Dirty Dancing, because that was, you know, in Dirty Dancing. That's, you know, what I got off of it anyway. But the thing that stood out to me the most from this show is the way it just gave you Muslim people in America just being normal people. Yeah, that was great to see. 100% like showing off Islam as a religion in a normal context, you know? Just yeah, we're like, we're they're showing off that this is a community of just, you know, people who have, you know, their lives to live like anybody else does. And that's yeah. like... It's I don't want to use the word normalized because it's not something that's like should be considered abnormal in the first place. But you yeah. don't usually get these depictions on these shows. And this is something that's going to be seen by a lot of people. It's MCU. So millions of people are going to see it. And I think that that's doing good work, you know? Yeah, 100 uh, percent. That's the thing that stuck out to me. Uh, but again, an entertaining show. I'm enjoying it. I, I love the actress, you know, playing Kamala. I'm excited that she's going to she's be got Marvel. the energy for Kamala yes. Khan really well. Um, yeah, dude. And this the more has been I read a... about her too, like I'm a fan of the actress. Like she's like a fanboy. She is like a comics fanboy, an MCU fanboy. Um, them liking Bon Jovi was great. Tom chimes in, yeah, dude. I mean, all these little cool, little fun things that they put in there just make it a really cool show. Then there is, yeah, that added MCU thing to it. Yeah, but, it's kind of a cool blend of like real yeah. life fandoms with like what a fandom would be in an Avengers universe, right? Because like they also mentioned that like, you know, there's all these Bollywood Kingo movies that they enjoyed. Yeah. Seeing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really fun, dude. <laughs> do you it's think almost they, meta in a way. Do you, you know think what I mean? they, they might have seen the one guy from the Eternals in those movies? Yeah, Kingo. That's who you're talking about. Kingo. Oh, Kingo is that's what they call okay. Yeah. That's yeah. him. Kamel Nanjani's character, yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah, really fun show. We're I love the energy. I love the cinematography, it. and it. I'm probably the most prolific reader of the Miss Marvel comics from the group here, and I think that they got the toned down perfectly for this show. Yeah, the, and still it's, the only. The only thing that I, that still bothers me about the show is that she's not an inhuman, that she doesn't have the and big in powers. Because I really like that power, but I like where they're going yeah. with the the nega bands or the yeah. I do appreciate at least that like it's not like she found like an artifact and that's the only thing she's got going on. I like that it's just activated something that was inherent to her. I do. Yeah. I was worried about that, and I'm liking that. You know, that's that's not the case, right? Yeah, she and didn't just does, fight a Green Lantern ring, and that kind of opens up them to make it an inhumans thing or if they want mutant, to i mean or a mutant thing or an i'm sure they thing. have plans maybe they do make her a mutant i don't know whenever yeah. they get around to introducing that but um i guess they must have decided that you know the embiggening stuff the stretchy powers just would not have looked good in it's too complicated yeah. too the way she gets her powers yeah you know what i mean it's way well, not even hers are way them. more complicated than like mr fantastics you know yeah, dude reed richards basically just stretches she don't do that all right her shit is way over the top way but i mean it almost works with all the multiverse shit that they've recently brought in through the you know recent Spider-Man movie well, and the Doctor Strange movie. I still think that the big reason they made the change was because they didn't think it would work visually. So yeah, that's a moot point then, right? If they sure. made that decision, yeah, exactly. And it would have cost them a lot more than what they got going on now. You know, it costs nothing to make little shiny footstools or whatever the hell you know oh yeah you're basically doing like star trek from the 60s basic level of special effects obviously better than that but you know yeah Yeah. uh so yeah kenobi and miss marvel great shows uh yeah and we'll talk more about those on the next episode whenever that is week after next uh food news Mm, yummy double dose of food news and they're both actually pretty good there's a new mountain dew it's available only at Casey's, exclusively at Casey's. Um, it's basically a gas station, Casey's. I have never heard of Casey's. What is that? They've got pizza. It's like a it's a like a gas station that's got pizza. Okay. <laughs> that sounds are there like any pizza. around here? Where are these things? I have one near me, but I don't think like they're in Nashville, but they're getting there, maybe like I don't know. Well, they have got a new flavor of Mountain Dew exclusive. It's called Overdrive. Overdrive. Uh, it's a huh. citrus punch taste, hints of mango, raspberry, and lime. Well, that doesn't sound terrible. It doesn't sound terrible at all. I actually would really like to try that. Of course. Yeah, it's gonna be well, hey. There is a I'm sure it'll make a good meat. mixer. You know? That's what Mountain Dew is made for, man. Yeah, that's what originally Mountain Dew was made for. Yeah. Uh, looks yeah. delicious. I'm definitely gonna find some and try some. I, uh, I there's a Casey's um uh, near me uh, in Franklin. Uh, do you want to go and we'll wait? No, we can finish the show first. Talking about candy next. All right, report back next week, uh, David. A week yeah. after. We're, oh yeah. Well, next time he's here. Whenever you're here, yeah. Yeah. So for a while, uh, Hershey's has you know teamed up with DC Comics to have these candy bars. They've been doing this for a long time. Right. They've just been doing this. You can find these at all kinds of stores all over. Um, And they have, you know, the big three, of course, the Trinity. But now they've got them with Jace, John and Yara Yara. on there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's really cool. I mean, these are collectibles, of course. You know, they're really fun. And yeah, I saw this news. I was like, oh, we're definitely talking about that during the food news. Uh, there's, it's not really anything different. It's still the same old Hershey's chocolate, which, you know, in, in some countries in Europe, Hershey's chocolate is not allowed to be called chocolate. Yeah. There's not enough. That the same way that like Subway's bread isn't bread in Ireland. Yeah. Too much sugar, too much sugar, which is fucking hilarious to me. Mm. But, um, yeah, I like this idea. Although are they asking me to collect the chocolate pieces or the wrappers? Because I don't think... Chocolate pieces are all the same. You'll you'll want the yeah. I don't think I can collect those because they will eventually. You know, you have to put them in some sort of awesome case with a melt proof. A lot of effort to go through for the yeah. That being said, this does seem pretty neat. You know, yeah. I would definitely pick up a a pack if I was uh just happen to see them in the store. You know, yeah. If I'm at the store and I see a, a Yara floor on my fucking Hershey bar, yeah, I'm picking that up. That's I got a big crush. 
So yeah, there's your food news. We'll have more of that next week. Now, and they were both good this week. I know they were both actually pretty good this week. So I what a rare and happy thing really that is. Disgusting. Last week with the chicken. Don't challenge yourself for anything. The chicken. Whoa, I missed that. Chicken ice cream. I missed that. Food news. I hadn't gotten around to watching Miss Marvel yet, so I didn't watch the show because I didn't want it spoiled. And I wasn't. Chicken ice cream sounds gross as hell. I don't remember what it was. I remember waffle ice cream. It was oh, wait. I think I remember that from a few weeks ago. Maybe. Yeah, that was the chicken, hot chicken sandwich and ice cream. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do uh, top three. Let's do com. I mean, this is why we're here. All right. The viewership goes way down. But uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Why even uh, bother asking? <laughs> uh, man, Jurassic League, Son of Kal-El, both great, but I think I'll do a shout out to G.I. Joe. I think I have it. Yes, yeah, Saturday Morning Adventures number four is an honorable mention. Uh, Eric Burnham, Dan Schoening, uh, amazingly cool, a ton of fun. This wraps the series. It was just big, dumb, stupid. Saturday Morning G.I. Joe cartoon fun in comic book format, and I had a great time. That Shipwreck ends up being the hero at the end. It was because of a loophole they found. It was so fun and stupid. Uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Only uh, anyway, a sailor can buy this. <laughs> yeah. My number three this week was X-Men Red number three. This is my number two. Al Ewing, Stefano Caselli. Uh, arguably the best of the X-Books, and that is saying a whole lot with X-Men out there by um, Duggan. Uh, New Mutants out there. Even Immortal X-Men is great, but damn, the politics of Arako is so much fun to see. Um, oh, man, there it is. I didn't want that one. I wanted this one because I wanted to show Vulcan getting his ass kicked by Tarn. Fucking great. Um, just Brand, you know, kind of running things. Storm and Brand having this conversation with all this tension where they each know the other one is being a douchebag. You know, they yeah. each know the other one up to something but they can't really figure it out. Uh, yeah, Magneto layeth the fucking smack down in this. Yeah, he, uh, like, fucking took him out like a bitch. It was, like, a oh, really boy. brutal way, too. It was so great. Uh, so, yeah, Tarn's dead. Thank God I hated Tarn. Worst name for any character who is not in the Decepticon Justice Division. <laughs> but, man, yeah. Magneto takes his helmet off. Tarn's powers are psychic. So he takes the helmet and uses his magnetism as soon as the fight starts to shoo, shove it on Tarn's head. So then Tarn can't do shit. And then he just whoop crushes his brains, you know, with the damn yeah, it. That, so good. Like this book has done such a good job throwing you the curveball, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the first issue ended with Storm, like, I'm reforming the Brotherhood. And this one yeah. comes on Magneto, I am now on the great ring of Araco. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. And I also love how they're setting up like this ticking time bomb with Vulcan because they were talking in this issue about how like, so the the Vulcan we've been dealing with is like this pitiful photocopy of the real Vulcan. And when the real Vulcan wakes up, we are fucked. We're fucked. And is that going to happen? Yeah. When he's resurrected? I mean, that's probably what's going to happen, right? Yeah. I don't think he's had to go through a a resurrection protocols yet because even the you know, pitiful imitation of his real self is still pretty damn tough. Yeah, it's just amazing. Just, yeah, great fucking book. Um, I loved Robert hanging out with uh, Iska the Unbeaten, getting over on her. Uh, yeah, it's just really fun shit. And you mentioned earlier with, like, Brandon Storm, it's also really cool to see all, like, the sort of the espionage aspects of this because it looks like a manifold cable and... Oh, uh, yeah, I all... Uh, and and Thunderbird. Yeah, yeah, Thunderbird are yeah, all... all... Yeah, they are they're getting some uh, investigation going. It's cool to see. It's cool to yeah. see all the character dynamics. It's really cool to see all the politics. And they still got some pretty cool action. You know, we had not one yeah. but two death matches back to back. And yeah. fucking Magneto showing why he is a fucking force to be reckoned with. Dude, so awesome. Yeah, I also awesome. really love Fisher King. He is like my favorite new character. Yeah, from he don't so do shit. He just hangs out and is like, he's cool like by proxy. Yeah, he's like he chimes in with like some really good insight in every issue and it's cool to see even though he's this normal ass human on a right. world full of gods you know yeah yeah uh so yeah great book again arguably the best of the x books right now 
uh, X-Men Red number three. Dave. Mm, yes. Mention. Honorable mention. Honorable mentions. I'm going to go ahead and just say that uh, my honorable mention this week is Moon Knight, Black, White, and Red number two. Oh, wow. I didn't even grab an image of that. Okay. Uh, I did the I it's good anthology, but I really like the David Peepo story. Where oh, they, we always say with anthology books, right? Like there's going to be like five or six stories. And if like two or three of them are good, it's probably worth it. Yeah. But the, but it's uh, all three of the personalities plus Koshu in a diner. And they're yeah. trying to account for who got what injuries and all that. And it was oh, just fun. A nice fun dynamic between them. Fun. Uh, and my other honorable mention will be Grim number two as we uh, continue the story of trying to figure out how this one Grim Reaper died. Yeah, not a bad story. Still, it seems like this was a filler issue. A lot of filler in here. Still fun, great art. Flaviano really showing out, especially with the colors. But uh, yeah, still pretty good book. Boom yeah. Studios, good book. And uh, my number three book this week is Radiant Black. I got a picture of that. Number 15. Yeah, number 15. Yep. Just uh just this real interesting dynamic with the previous wielder of Radiant Black being back and all he's doing is being supportive. And yep. we got this movie going on, and the villains are starting to gather up and become a team to take oh, out cool. Radiant Black. Cool, cool. Uh one uh the one villain in his in the stories was actually kind of a friend to to the current radiant black yeah um and when she's in proximity to him doppler i think is her, what she called oh, uh she can get energy off of him oh fun so That's interesting it's an interesting dynamic going on and the the bad guys are gathering they're forming a team all good yep good good choice taylor all right, I'll throw out an honorable mention for uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El. Um, not much happened in this issue, but it's always a fun read. Yeah, um, uh, Crypto showed up. I had a Crypto great time. showed up. That was a fun reveal. Like, I oh no, they're great. attacking the kids. Oh no, it's, it's just Crypto. That was fun. And they call out um, a senator like in the Capitol, and he turns into a monster. It's like, okay, that's, what? that's fucking good weird as hell. Um, but yeah, great book, great book. I'll throw out an honorable mention for Wolverine number twenty-two. Um, I really like how um, Wolverine's version of teaming up with Deadpool is just like chopping off the pieces of him that he needs in the moment and throwing it at the problem. No, they were stuck in a jail cell, and Wolverine's like, "All right, Deadpool, I got a job for you." And he cuts him into pieces so he fits through the bars. And then when he heals enough, he lets Wolverine out of the cage. Just genius, Ben Percy, genius. Why yeah, that's that's really clever. Bars. No, I don't know. Who knows? Some reason, reason. Because reasons. Fuck you, David. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, also throw out an honorable mention for Fantastic Four number um, forty-four. Um, they're still doing that reckoning war stuff, and um, it's all coming to a head now. And you know, it's consistently a fun read. Um, my number three this week, though, is going to be Jurassic League number two, because this book just fucking rules. We have, like, fucking Dinosaur Superman and Dinosaur Batman squaring off against Dinosaur Bizarro and Dinosaur Giganto here. It's... Just it's, that sentence. Yes. fucking crazy. I mean, even just looking at, like, the stupid, stupid names they are giving for all the cities, like, it's Metropolis, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, this book is so dumb, but in such a fun way. I love shit like this. Daniel Warren Johnson does a great job with it. I haven't been able to deduce, like, a, like, clever, serious thing that's underneath it like I did with Beta Ray Bill. But yeah. I'm having so much fun that I don't care about that. I don't think there is. I don't think there's anything I think this is just for the dumb fun, but it is a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, it is. I, I have a good time reading this. It was oh, and great artwork. Favorite. I love like all oh, the yeah, action and everything. Oh yeah, it's it was a fun read. Yeah, Wong Gideon. It's gonna be even better when it's all collected because I really do think he's going somewhere with this. You know, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, even just like you know, seeing like Wonder Woman on an invisible pterodactyl instead yeah, of an invisible so jet. Stupid, but <laughs> it, yeah, it was yeah. really fucking cool, dude. Yeah. Uh, it's the week of uh, dinosaurs with the other dinosaur movie coming out. Uh, Tom asking the ultimate nullifier being revealed to be Watcher Tech was cool. That's fun. That's true. Yeah. Um. Apparently, the one of the main reasons why the Watchers are so strict about non-interference is because apparently they done blew up um, nine tenths of the known universe. Jeez. Well, that was nice of them. 
What a bunch of dicks. Oh, well. Good choice. Uh, My number two, I have a strong feeling this was going to get mentioned again. Uh, We did just mention uh, Danny Warren Johnson. He is doing the writing and the art on a book called Do a Powerbomb. That is my number one. I figured you were going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, This book is fucking awesome. It's All right. It's uh, about a second-generation professional wrestler who, when she's 11 years old, she loses her mom, who is like this um, beloved champion, to an in-ring accident Yeah, when she's in the audience. So now she is older, 10 years or whatever later. Yeah, it's, she's, she's like 21 now. Yeah, she is wanting to get into the business, and she's not very good at it. And all of the ins that she would have don't want to do it because they lost her mom in such a dramatic way. You know, her like, uncle doesn't want to help her. Her dad. Yeah. Her, well, her, well, her uncle made a promise to her father, not to train her. Yeah. And anyway, then it takes like this wild left turn where she is talked into joining a wrestling league. That's run by a necromancer. <laughs> who says if you wrestle for me and win, I'll bring your mom back to life. Oh yeah, that's that's the deal. I mean, that took a really crazy turn right there. But yeah. that guy was watching the events of when her mother died too. Yes. So he he's was been like, yeah. watching her for years. Yeah. So. so it had this great sort of, I don't know, angle to it. It was almost like million dollar baby meets um ghost rider maybe in a weird way i don't know it's hard to really say but the art was fucking amazing well, there's a combination action. i never expected to hear right the action is just fucking over the top awesome um i mean look at that just yes. great work with the motion uh and danny warren johnson just is can never go wrong when he's when he's writing a book and he is really into whatever the subject is. He, I saw this on Murder Falcon. You know, Murder Falcon's all about music, and he really loves music. You can tell he's a fan of wrestling. But then it took this wild left turn where you know there's a necromancer who's going to bring her mom, her dead mom back to life. Uh, yeah, just a really fun book. You root for the main character immediately. You know that little girl. You really feel it when her mom dies in the ring and. It, Johnson just has this great way of putting great art and emotional story and just a really fun premise together. But when he comes out of the other side, he just has this knack of making something that's greater than the sum of its parts. And that's what he did on this issue. And yeah, I'm excited. Seven issue miniseries. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a fun rest of the year for, uh, for that book. I am definitely on board. Me too. Uh, Dave. My number two, two is a calculated man. Oh, did I grab this? Uh, I did not grab this. Sorry. Oh. I did not like this. It was just okay for me. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, we uh, have... want to be one of our top threes if Gomer wasn't shitting. Exactly. If I wasn't shitting all over it. <laughs> Essentially, we have a, a mob accountant in witness protection that decides that the, the, the logical mathematical course of action is to eliminate the mob family. And this is what he's starting to do. And he makes it like, he's so friendly, but he makes it like, no, not personal. Yeah. Like the, the guy that he, the first guy he gets, he's like, keeps him alive. Like, you know, well, your girlfriend's been cheating on you with so-and-so I've took out the other two guys made it look like a hit from another mob family. He's yeah. like, yeah, you know, I've soaked your uh, gag in like <laughs> something. And when I, when I take your car, this car to the car, junkyard, you won't feel when the car is crushing you. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, he's like oh, really nice about oh, it. Oh, I'm like, he, and he's awful nice about all this terrible, terrible. It's things weird he is though because doing. he's kind of still like detached from humanity. It's almost oh, yeah. like he's on the spectrum a little bit, but he doesn't want to necessarily be mean to these people. He's just saying everything would be so much better for everyone, including the mob, if I just got rid of the mob. Yeah, uh, and he's like yeah. got this weird mind where he sees numbers everywhere. It's like they explained it as synesthesia where he sees everything as a series of numbers and math calculations and things oh, yeah. like that. He, he's, he's, yeah. is just like, he is calculating everything. Yeah. Uh, when he, when he's walking down the street, he's calculating how old, like a, a person is, what car they drive, how much gas mileage that car is getting. Yeah. It's wild. Uh, it's the way wild they what that. he's doing. 
Yeah. But he's like, and it's also really well done the way they sort of deliver that to the audience. You know yeah. what I mean? How they communicate this dude's power to the audience. I, I yeah, but I like that. I just didn't. I don't like the lead character. He's kind of an asshole. I don't he, like. Well, him. he's he's not. He's kind he's of an no, asshole. A really but nice he's guy who's like, no, I'm just gonna really, murder these. People. I'm just gonna kill you. But you know, I'm being really nice about it. I gave you a last meal. <laughs> it was like, hard for me just to believe it at all. Oh, I don't know. It, I I'm gonna continue reading it, but I was not blown away by the first issue. I was I was just like, damn, I'm on board with this one. Nice. nice. <laughs> Cool. Good choice. Thank Good you. choice. Oh, and that's on Aftershock Comics, by the way. Yeah, that's Aftershock. Uh, uh, Taylor. My number two was X-Men, X-Men Red, number three. That's right. X-Men Red. Oh, that's not it. This one's it. X-Men Red. Fantastic book. Great. Great storm moments. And now it's really cool that we're getting the same sort of moments, but for Magneto. Yeah, like everyone know? in the main cast here is getting a pretty cool, like, oh, yeah. shit, that was awesome moment. Yeah. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. Uh, that leads us to number one. My number one this week is actually a trade. An original graphic novel from Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. I did not. I was not able to the get passageway. this. You missed out. Uh, this is the first chapter of a book uh, franchise, basically a shared horror comic book franchise called the Bo- Bone Orchard Mythos. And this is some of the best horror of the year. Uh, and it's really just because it's Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. I don't have to really say that much. It's just like, well, yeah, duh, of course this is going to be fucking awesome. I mean, when's the last time you read a Jeff Lemire book that wasn't at least really damn good? Yeah, exactly. He had a book that was at DC recently that was good, but yeah, it wasn't, you know, knock my socks off like he usually does, like with May's book, like with um, just everything else he does, Underwater Welder. I mean, look at this. That's just grotesque horror. There's really no better way to do horror, you know, than the way they do it. Look at this. I mean, this is like a guy falling in a hole right here, but it's supposed to be made out of birds. And then the bird is like a bigger bird. And uh, the art in this is just amazing. Um, Yeah, Lemire always delivers. And when he's working with Sorrentino, he's just on a different level. And yeah, I re- I've read this book like five times since I've gotten it. It's so good. I adore it so much. Um, it might go down as one of the my, as my favorite book of the year. I had such a great time with that book. And yeah, if you can find it, go get it. I'm really excited that I got you know a first edition, a first print of the original graphic novel, and I'm going to be collecting the entire franchise. The whole Bone, Bone Orchard mythos is I'm 100 on board. Yeah, I cannot wait. So uh, that is my number one. Dave's number one was Do a power bomb. Power bomb. Great wrestling book with a supernatural angle by Danny Warren Johnson, who's having one of the best years in his career. You know? Yeah. Eisner nomination, got that Justice or Jurassic League, and now this. So yeah, he's having a fucking great, great year. Yeah, Beta Ray Bill was my favorite book of last year that he did. Uh, so that leads it to Taylor. If I had to guess his number one. Well, I want to see what you guess first. Captain yep, America. you got it. <laughs> Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, number That's one. fucking awesome. Yeah, so the so opposite good. end of the spectrum of that Jeff Lemire book, this is just good old-fashioned corny superhero action. But I believe this is the same team that did uh, the United States of Captain America, and they are bringing that same energy where they are doing what – probably the best aspect of a Captain America story where you're kind of questioning, like, what does it mean to wear the stars and stripes? What does it mean to try to represent the best of a country that almost never lives up to that ideal? You know, and um, I am an easy mark for cornball Captain America. And that is exactly what we're getting here. But (sighs) There's another he, angle to this. It's a hard thing to hit, right? Where he's coming off as wholesome, but not like saccharine or naive. And I think that yeah. they are managing to hit that really well. And I do also, I think what you're about to lead into, they're introducing a villain here that is going to kind of get at the dark undercurrents that are so common to find in American history. And I think yeah. it's going to be really cool to see them explore that as well. You know, yeah. like this is a story about Captain America who has to balance, you know, a country that has high ideals, but also consistent failures to live up to them. And that seems like that's what we're getting here, you know? Yeah. 
Well, I 100% agree. I loved how this leaned into Steve early, where he's like, yeah, I go on a morning jog, and when I go, I bring the shield with me. Why? Because people like to see the shield. And he, and he doesn't mean it like, oh, yeah, look how badass I am. I got the shield. He does it as sort of a deflection away from people being all up on him. You know what I mean? He's almost like he can – like yeah. sh- the shield not only protects Captain America – when he's at war, but Steve's almost like, no, this shield protects me when I've got to be Steve. He talks about his childhood home, which he moves into how, if the Smithsonian knew that this is where I grew up, they'd probably buy the whole block. You know, um, he's trying to do normal shit, like go to art classes and has. Yeah. I love seeing him like trying to hang out. Like, yeah. Like him being too shy to look at a nude model or like, you know, him going to a Yankees game or actually a Mets game, but he's wearing the old Dodgers uniform because that's who his team was growing up. You know, exactly dude. Yeah. It it really paints this guy who I'm sorry. I would not want to hang out with captain America. He sounds like a downer. He sounds like a dude who would not be a very cool person to hang out with. And that's how I like my Captain America. He's boring and simple and old school. And it really came across through this, right? And I think if if um, if they go in the right direction, this new villain can almost be the modern version of that. You know what I mean? Like the antithesis of that in the modern day. Um, and they, they they did lean into that a little bit. Um, I love the Bucky stuff here. Uh, yeah, this is a fantastic issue. It didn't make my top three because I'm almost done with Captain America. Uh, I don't think I need any more Captain America. Uh, the Brubaker run um, and then the Remender run after that and then all of the Avengers shit that I've read. This felt good. Well, I skipped but the Remender run. Fresh so... anymore. Nothing feels yeah. fresh anymore in, in – in, in the context of Captain America. Um, well, I mean, also, characters... I think that's okay too. Yeah. Like okay too. every character who you read a lot will eventually fall into that rut for you. But <sighs> for me, it's never really been a big problem. And honestly, I think once you like kind of step away from something, well, it's okay to kind of retread the same ground if you're doing so yeah. with a well executed and thought provoking way. And I do think that this is doing that. I love Cheeseball Steve, but he's not just this, you know, dope, right? He is like grappling with what it means to be doing the right thing and to try to remain, you know, the best of what we're supposed to be, even while recognizing that that's not always what we are. It's almost like they're showing off his naive, his, his, a nature to him that is naive in a way where, he will be able to question his ideals because he'll be second guessing himself almost in a way. Yeah. You know, like, like I'm, am I so far out of touch? Well, that this dude's right. You know, has America, has America outgrown the ideals that I hold so precious? And the answer is always no, of course not. That's not the way it works, cat, you know, but I, I am anxious to see if they go in that direction. And, um, yeah, I think this is going to play off well off, on the other Captain America book, too. Yeah, I'm really glad that that's the approach they're taking now. It's yeah. We can have both, you know? I we mean, I, the, the real reason is because they want Sam Wilson in the comics yeah. because he's the movie character now. But I think that it's cool to be able to have more than one Captain America because, you know, there's a recognition there that America is more than just one type of person. I think Captain America is a well-enough-known character that he could carry five books. There could be the two sure, Captain America yeah. books that we got. You could have a Sharon Carter book. You could even have a Bucky book. But you could definitely have a book that is constantly rotating out these Captains America that they've introduced. Yeah, um, I would love – And introduce more. I, I love the two books we have right now, and I wouldn't say no, yeah, to having like a Captain America core or whatever they want to call it from yeah, all those dude. characters from the United States of Captain America. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was a banner week for comics this week. I really had a good time. Uh, anytime there's a Lemire Sorrentino book, you know, I'm on board, but – uh, yeah, new cat book, you know, all the stuff was great this week. You know, I didn't read anything bad this week. So, uh, yeah, awesome. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Really appreciate it. Check out our pals, the comic book bullies. They'll be doing a show on these channels later on tonight. Well, at least on the Facebook channel, but go to outrightgeekery.com link below 
and you'll get links to all the different shit that we've got going on, including the bullies, but our social media, YouTube, Insta, TikTok. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, live journals. My live face. journal. GeoCities. Um, all the stuff we've got going on is there, including affiliates, Patreon, you know, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Check out the bullies. Come back tomorrow night. We're going to be doing the preview show. It'll probably just be me and Taylor talking about all the new books coming out this week. Uh, it's going to be a load of fun. Uh, no show next Sunday. I have got stuff to do, but we'll be back for the Monday show next week for sure. Uh, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. But most of all, thanks to these jokers for hanging out with this joker. Always a pleasure. Good times. We, we are going to do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. Yeah, that Gargamel energy. Yeah, kind of bring in that, like, uh, grungy 90s kids commercial energy. <laughs> <laughs> After 10,000 years, I'm free. After 10,000 years, I'm finally